We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 478 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm DeHilton, Hilton, and as promised, I'm flying solo for the second show this week, but I still had some help because I'm going to be going over the rest of the listener questions from earlier in the week and some other pressing news that's happened since. And unlike other times when I just do these solo shows and it's just strictly audio, yeah, this is going to be a bit choppy video-wise because it is just me. I am going to make some mistakes. I am going to trip up, especially if I'm going to talk for, who knows, 10, 15, 20 30 minutes. Well, you already know how long I talked because obviously if you saw this podcast and downloaded it. All right. All right. Let's get into it. So let's start with the question from Dirk. Xavi versus Guardiola. How would you compare Xavi's first full season to Guardiola's first treble season? Is a comparison with Reichardt perhaps more of a useful or more useful considering circumstances? And you know, Dirk, you, you asked good questions. You consistently in the Facebook group for years. And you also, you know, maybe it's the New York thing. There's, you understand what I'm thinking sometimes. There's those kind of vibes. But I'm going to throw your question away a little bit. And here's how I'm going to do it. Judging Xavi in the era of social media and comparing him with expectations that didn't exist when Guardiola took over, I think is so, not to say unfair to Xavi, but I think it's impossible at this juncture because of the expectations that the club now sits under. I know that's like kind of sidestepping that and you just wanted me to answer what Guardiola's first treble season was like and what Xavi's was like. But Guardiola, while I think at the age of Messi at the time, I believe what Messi was 21 when Guardiola arrived. Yep, 2008 and 1987. So he was 21. He was already entering that best player in the world sphere. He was already entering into that space when Guardiola arrived. And for Xavi, not say he doesn't have that kind of player, but he doesn't. Pedri and Gabi and Araujo, they're all on the rise. And Lewandowski, for as much as he did win the Pichichi, as much as he is still one of the, the best goal scorers in the world, and as much as he probably should have won the Ballon d'Or in the last three years, Lewandowski is more in that second half. And by second half, I mean, maybe even one of his final acts. Barcelona, I would assume, is almost his final act. Maybe he plays another year or two in the shape he's in. He could probably be to 45, but maybe he'll play an extra few years in, in Poland or in Italy or not say Italy is second rate, but somewhere else after Barcelona, you get the point. Maybe he goes to Saudi Arabia, sure, at that point. But as far as Xavi being in charge, I think his first full season also is a bit unfair because he did get that half season as well. He got those real question marks. He got those big rookie stuff. And I think for Xavi in his first full season, it was a continuation because it does feel like a season and a half. And I think for Guardiola, 
you know, not to say he had a vote of confidence, but there was something, I mean, remembering at the time, there was something so fresh about all of it, about Laporta going out on a limb and going with Guardiola and something totally unknown about him. And then, of course, in that trouble winning season, just feeling like you're on cloud nine because that kind of success was not say foreign to Barcelona, but it was a perfect storm of, of all of that happening, coalescing at the same time. Again, Xavi was a veteran player at the time, had been around for almost eight, nine years in the first team at the time. And Iniesta had been around the first team for seven years already or eight years at the time, you know, or, or seven years, I should say. So for Gordiol, the team he inherited was kind of, it, it was ready, if you will. And I, I know Reichardt kind of did change the expectations a little bit where Barcelona were on this downturn as well. But Barcelona also financially at the time weren't necessarily on a downturn. But I think I got to remember too, that the global financial crisis did bring a lot of question marks in when Gordillo took over. Like you just didn't know how much money clubs had to spend. There were Spanish teams at the time. And Emil and I talked a little bit about this on the earlier show. There were Spanish clubs at the time just falling to the wayside financially because they, they overstended themselves in the early part of that decade. So I don't know. It's just things changed and there were different landscapes. But as I said, I, I do throw it away just a little bit because judging Xavi in the era of social media and comparing with expectations that didn't exist when, when Guardiola took over, it's just going to be unfair to Xavi in, in all regards. I just I can't possibly remember and imagine the pushback of this Champions League stuff again because Champions Leagues for, Barca, for Xavi, for Barcelona currently, are all built and stacked on top of each other based on the failure of the last six years. There's a lot happening in, in the way that for Barcelona to have won the 2006 Champions League, you still did get a period of grace, even though Rijkaard did lose all that goodwill by just how poorly Barcelona were in the Liga and in his final season. But I think in the Champions League, at least, there was still some, some goodwill happening there. Okay, now for more present news. What will Ike Gundogan bring to Barcelona? I will be answering this and talking a lot about this when it is official. I've already got somebody lined up. I will likely be recording that show next week, and then it will come out whenever he is holding that jersey and things are official, and we know the actual numbers all add some addendums there at the end there. But I think what he will bring is is likely twofold. One, it's the the, the pull of FC Barcelona, and not say that's what he, he he brought, but why he came. He came because of the pull of FC Barcelona, and what that means for Gundogan is that this is a really good player. This is a player who was arguably one of the best players in the Champions League last year with Man City in that system. And it tells you that players still want to play at FC Barcelona having just won the Champions League. And that is really important. And not just as far as what Gunnigan again brings to Barcelona, but what that means is that he brings a top level talent, even though he is on, well, I don't want to feel too old myself, but yeah, he's, he's 32 years old. He's only going to get older, especially if he signs for a two plus one contract, which again is a cynical part because part two of that, why he came is that Bayern and City and those kind of teams didn't probably offer him a two plus one contract. So that's why he did choose Barcelona. I, I would assume that he'd be on a similar wage that he would have been on a City and Bayern, but I think the length of the contract is is what he was more willing to do. And again, Barcelona would then have to buy out his contract, which means he gets a lot of guaranteed money, even if he decides to go play somewhere else when he's 35, 36 at, the, at that time. And what he will bring to Barcelona is, again, tactically something that we're going to talk about later on. So let's keep moving. Here's some questions from Roj. Is there a possibility the Saudi Arabian League buys some unwanted Barca players like Lenglet and Ukiti? Maybe, but I would err to the side of no. Langley to Tottenham seems to continue to be in the works, and I do think that eventually that gets done. 
And I think Umtiti ultimately returns to France, really happy at, at Leitch that he was able to revive his career in ways that, I mean, who saw that coming? And I also have no idea where Dest will go to, to kind of end that. And then Abde and Nico, I think their futures, whether it's buyback clauses or loans or whatever it is, I think they're still technically going to be in the Barcelona sphere, I would guess, for another year or two. And ultimately, I don't know, though. I would say if Barcelona can take bigger offers for them now, but why would you do that when if you send them out on loan again, they're only going to increase their market value? I believe Nico just extended his contract last summer, so you still have him for a few more seasons as well. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think for the Saudi Arabian League, there is a certain profile they want. They obviously, Benzema, Ronaldo, they, they certainly want players who have just gigantic name cachet and who are kind of pretty much done with their European careers. I guess you could say Ungola Kante is the same thing and connect with, with those fans in Saudi Arabia. So players that, that look like them, that have a, a similar religious background or who are from Africa or different things like that, or, or, or players from even with origins to the Middle East. So I would say that Saudi Arabia, I think, are going for kind of those two kind of categories of player. Again, like really, really high level name cachet players won the Ballon d'Or or those, again, who are going to, you know, on, on a, on a long term level, connect with the fans. And Rose also asked, since we're moving to Montjuic and our income will decrease from less ticket sales, will it mean a problem with Fair Play again next summer? Transfer window. Yes is the answer and the obvious answer to this question, but possibly not as much as you think. Because there is no way the Liga would approve a viability plan that didn't involve the loss of revenue due to the stadium. They would not allow Barca to spend now knowing the viability plan for the 2023-24 financial season did not take into account and largely take into account the Montjuic move. And I think that's the biggest reason why it feels like they've shed all the salary and will still have issues with the wage limit because the Liga is setting their wage limit built based on their, their future revenue or their lack thereof. Again, remember, the wage limit is set based on the revenue generated and due to the changes in rules by the Liga, that is revenue generated generate related to sporting revenue, which is player sales, gate revenue, that sort of thing. So that's why Messi was already a no, because if Ansu Fati and Ferran Torres and Kessi, right out of the gate, if their agents and those players were saying, we don't really want to leave, that meant, as I reiterate, the timeline for Messi was that Messi couldn't possibly wait for an if-then statement, where you don't even know if those three players, if that's what was required to to, to ship them off and to bring him in to get him at, what was it going to be, 13 to 15 million per salary? And I know you see all these other players that are coming in as well. And yes, Messi certainly would have paid for himself, but it's not even about the revenue that he would have generated. It would have been about whether or not Barcelona would have fet, met the demands now, even before the Messi stuff. Because again, Messi is not in the viability plan that had to be approved. So it, it just was this domino effect that unfortunately, Messi would have been domino five to all of this. And Barcelona are still going to be at dominoes one and two while dealing with, you know, what needs to happen to create revenue that is sporting revenue, including player sales, while taking into account the lack of gate sales. So I would say that next summer transfer window is, again, still not going to be this gigantic, gigantic, crazy thing. But I also say that the way that Saudi Arabia is spending money and the EPL certainly is spending money, I don't know when the next time that Barcelona will have a summer transfer window where they feel like they can spend a lot of money because spending a lot is different than complying with fair play. So next summer, I think that Barcelona should be in a much better situation, even with Montjuic to handle the fair play restrictions on them. But it does, again, also, it also means that they may not have, or they may not have 50 to 70 million waiting to, to spend on one player or 120 million 
the way that Real Madrid, I mean, it seems like they even might 250 million for Kylian Mbappe on top of 130 for Jude Bellingham. I, I don't think Barcelona, I don't know the next time Barcelona will possibly have that much money. Maybe three years after the Camp Nou has been renovated and they have to continue to do some winning over the next five to six seasons. So I would say put in a pin in it and uh, hopefully you're still talking and I'm t- talking in uh, five or six years that we can talk about this again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Next up is Arda Guler, the Turkish prodigy. And one of Arda Guler's agents said this week that Barca is the club that has currently shown the most interest in Guler, and they are the most advanced in talks with this camp. There are at least eight other clubs that have shown interest. We have heard about that. 
whether it was in the EPL, Real Madrid also this earlier this week tied their name to him. And it seems like a lot of it is being reported, I'm seeing, by journalists for sport, which is sometimes right and sometimes wrong. And it is interesting, too, that Fenerbahce would love to keep him. And the, the there's a bunch of Fenerbahce fans that just know how valuable he is. So the idea of losing him at 15 million at this juncture doesn't feel too good about them this for them. But I, I just think that it's either Barcelona at this moment now or someone else is going to just going to really pay, I think, what Fenerbahce wants for him. And this makes sense to me, this move. We're just talking the abstract here. I don't want to get into the, the numbers and bogging all down. This move makes sense to me if we may see Gundogan and De Jong play in a double pivot more than you'd expect. A pivot is necessary, but as I've said before, I can see, and many of us can see, Barca missing out on that consummate starter. And to answer a question from Fadi, to wrap that in, I think Xavi sees Zubamendi and Kimmich as the immediate starters, and Amrabat is a 25 million euro rotation piece in the same breath as Kessier. For 25 million, Barca want a starter. So I don't think that they're ignoring Amrabat. I think they are waiting for Fiorentina to drop their price a little bit later in the summer. And in the meantime, they're going to continue to to work the market. And Arda Guler, much like Gundogan, and maybe Vita Roca, but we'll we'll talk about him later. But in the case of Gundogan, they had to get him now because whether it was Bayern Munich, City with a renewal, Saudi Arabia coming in, calls from Italy, uh, Borussia Dortmund even, Gundogan has been linked to other clubs who were going to be coming hard for his signature and Barcelona needed to go out and make sure they got him to agree to it early on. So I think that's why you're seeing Gundogan be done quickly in a way that I think Arda Guler, same thing. They want to get this done quick before some Chelsea or Newcastle or even Man City, Real Madrid comes in from the top rope with a 50 million euro offer. I think if Guler wants Barca and and that is what he has his eye on and Barca can get him for 15 million, then that's what's going to happen. So if you're Barca, I think you bring him in for two reasons. One, at 18, he's already shown you that he's unlikely to miss uh, on that talent. I think he's already ready for the big time of what I've seen for him. I can say that when with, with these insane connections, I have watched one Fenerbahce match with him. That's it. And to me, he looked oftentimes defensively like a young player kind of floating in and out. But once he was on that ball, I mean, it, it looked like I mean, it looked like sometimes, I guess, what, what Pablo Torre looked like against in, in Japan against Vissel Kobe. It, it looked like a player who was just beyond everybody else and, and nobody had a, a kind of a way to stop him other than just really being physical with him. And I think with that left foot, especially, he could fit well, basically as a Gabi substitute in that four-man midfield. His ability to drift inside and outside as an inside forward on the left is where he'd get minutes. And I do think that means the end of Pablo Torre at Barcelona, even after a loan. And Lamine Yamal may not get too many minutes this coming season. But if he is a regular with Barca Athletic, that being Lamine Yamal, and is only 16, you don't necessarily need to give him a lot of minutes if there are incentives in his new contract to get him to the first team the following year. So it will be, because he is 18, about juggling all of these talents, as well as if Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati don't leave, then what is Arda Guler is this, what is he, this amorphous, fourth on the left winger depth chart, because again, Gabi would technically be first on that depth chart in a four-man midfield, in that box midfield. But again, that brings up the question of the pivot. And that would mean that if you have Gabi and Pedri and De Jong and Gunigan is your, we'll say, consummate starters, you know, it's a weird thing too, where I think Xavi would love to be able to rotate. If Guler is really worth 15 mil and they're going to bring him in and they got to bring him in now, is Gabi better than Guler? Yeah, maybe. But 
what if Goulet is good enough? You say, well, yeah, Gabi started against Real Madrid and, and Bayern Munich and Real Betis, but then Goulet started against Real Sociedad and Atletico Madrid and against Manchester United. Uh, who, I mean, who knows how it all fleshes out, whether in the Champions League or knockouts, whatever. But in the circumstance where rotational pieces aren't necessarily, oh, this is the player that has to be here. You might have Golair's left foot. And I, I think he's a bit better at getting all the way out to the touchline in a way that Gabi isn't. Gabi can defend the touchline, but obviously you're not going to expect Gabi to ever go in a 1v1 situation out on the left. And he's also not going to create something outside, coming inside in a way that Golair can do. But he does like to do that from the right side. So you know how, where he'll fit is interesting too. He's, he's really young. And he did have six goals, seven assists last year. But anybody under 20, I don't really count their, their, their stats. I mean, it's the same thing I did all season being apologetic for Gabi. At that age, I look at how much they impact the game. And Fenerbahce fans swear by the fact that even though Turkish locker rooms can be very much an experience over youth, not even talent. So let's throw talent out the window. It's just experience. I'm older over youth hierarchy. And that also tends to bleed onto the field. Guler broke that mold at Fenerbahce quite a bit and completely earned the trust of his teammates with his ability. And his ability was such that it kind of turned into leadership on the field. Now, by leadership, I mean good decision-making, which, as you know, I hold very, very highly on the list of transfer attributes. So everything I've heard is that this kid makes really good decisions. Obviously, if you watch the compilation and all that stuff, he's a magician with the ball. But I'm interested to see defensively also what he can bring to the table. Because, you know, from the game that I watched, he just seemed to be almost the opposite of Gabi. And that would be a player in, in Guler that would completely run riot over certain teams in the Liga that are trying to play in a low block or medium block. Because that continues to be one of Xavi's problems. It's how do you deal with elite counterattacking sides in Europe? And then when teams who are lesser than you decide to give you the ball for 75% of the time, how do you break down those low blocks? Who do you have? Do you have enough players to play in tight spaces to break through the middle of the field? after stretching everything out wide, right? And using every blade of grass to contend with a team that is interested in offensively attacking you in any way. And Goulet would certainly be a player for, for the latter situation. And who knows who he'll grow into as well. Again, this ties into the pivot situation too. The, the newest rumor is 15 million for Brozovic. I would take that yesterday. It's much like Gundogan where I don't have to blink about that. You take that deal. It's interesting though, because you've heard that would be a swap for Kessie, but realistically... Him not wanting to leave, as I've said many, many times before, this is his he had his first season at Barcelona. It took him a while to not say get into Xavi's good graces, but kind of earn his minutes and earn his spot. And now Barcelona wouldn't sell for less than 35 mil, which is totally reasonable with the inflated market. You have a midfielder still in his prime that won the Liga that shows a lot of promise that was good in multiple positions for AC Milan. And I think there's certainly a lot of teams that Kessie would have a role in and fit into, whether he's playing higher, whether he's playing a little bit deeper depending on you know the level of that team. But it's fair for Kessie not to leave, just like Rafinha. They just showed up. Why would they want to be kicked to the curb and feel like they're used parts for you know Barcelona saying, hey, you were good for our La Liga win, but we want to win even more. And we don't think you're that kind of player to do that for. So you're more of a price tag. And I know it's a business, but yeah, I mean, if it's up to the players, they're not going to do that. David asks, which youth players do you think have justified a place on the preseason tour? Does a 22-year-old Julian Araujo count? I, I think he will get a chance, and then he'll probably go out on, on loan. I mean, again, if the reports are to be believed that he didn't really impress, that he was a bit slow to the positional play, which was my concern. As I had said, the, the LA Galaxy played him, not to say in, in a free role, but he was one of the more athletic players on the field. 
He was allowed to get up and down with a five-man midfield while playing as this right-sided wing back, which isn't what Barcelona do. So he had to change his system. He had to change the the way that he's been at his best. And I, I think also think that not playing for a little bit of, of time, you know, again, the MLS season is different than the, the Barcelona season. So basically having not played in like five to six months and then trying to train, but you're, you're not registered. I don't think it was the best for him. And, and I, I hope that maybe a loan does help him out. And because he, again, from Mexico, well, he's from the U.S., but then decided to play with Mexico, has Mexican parents. I think being able to speak Spanish is going to be really helpful for him. Uh, and I would assume he'd go out to a league of teams so Barcelona can keep a close eye on him. But again, at that point, then he comes back as, what, a 23-year-old. And he better be ready to go at that point because he's, I, I believe he's the same age as, as Dest. And if he's already used goods, then why did Julian Rajo not be used goods already? So, all right, back to the preseason tour, though. As I said, I do expect Julian Rajo to be on that tour and then likely get shipped out. Shadi Riyad will be 21, and I could also see him going out on loan. Uh, and it would be where he goes on loan. If he goes to a first division side, I don't think he goes to the preseason because he would likely already be in camp with them. But if he is going to be shipped out to uh, Jared Pique, if you ever heard of him, his his club Andorra or a place like that where Barcelona already seemed to have a working relationship with. But I mean, again, why would you ship him to Andorra? I mean, when, you know, Barca Athletic is at that much lower of a level. I mean, I, I don't know. So at 21, you know, I, I think that he would expected to kind of just take over the captaincy, have a full year again with Barca Athletic, his second year there and be an important player. He's a left-footed center back. And with the signing of Michaela Faye, I mean, obviously when it comes to youth players, you just take as many shots as you possibly can and hope you hit on some. So with Faye, the new signing from Croatia, he is 18 and will be playing with Barca Athletic next season. He's still very raw. So I could see it either, you know, going either way with him making the trip it was uh, at, at the minimum 1.5 mil w- with a bunch of incentives. So you'd expect that Faye is somebody that they do believe in that being Barcelona. But again, all indications are that he is very, very raw. So I, I don't think he'd be even ready. And I think it may be more beneficial for him to be in training camp with Barca Athletic with Rafa Marquez hit the ground running there. So that, again, would mean that Riyadh makes a trip for preseason. Arnaud Tanas has already been on the tour and he is 22 now, by the way. But he seems happy to renew his contract again and stay at the club and get trophies. And for Iñaki Pena, at in his mid-20s now, I'd expect that, you know, while he was happy, I think, to collect all those trophies at Barcelona last year, completing that dream, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, hey, you know, if I'm worth five to eight mil, hey, Barcelona, take it. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. And then Tanasa 22 will be the backup and, you know, just be the, more the same with Ter Sagan not going anywhere and eating up so many of the minutes and so many of the starts and all that stuff. Mark Casado is still just 19. He made the trip last year. He played as a right back, even though he is a pivot. But, you know, I think he makes a trip again. And then I think he continues to play an important role for Barca Athletic again. It feels like because we saw him and, you know, you've heard his name for a few seasons that he would be, you know, 21 years old, but he's not. He's just 19. He'll be 19 for another preseason tour. Yeah. So I would continue to expect him to be arguably Barca Athletic's most important player. And Rafa Marquez's, you know, kind of eyes and him on the field. Asanas Padrola is a left winger and is thought of pretty highly. So I think he also makes a trip. We saw him once last season, but as a left winger, I think he'll get a spot, as, especially for, at least for the preseason, especially with Ferran Torres, Antipati, and, and their futures, as much as they want to stay, still being up, up for debate. Luzmi Cruz and Roberto Fernandez will be returning to Sevilla and Malaga, respectively, though I think both of those make moves elsewhere this offseason. I'm not saying back to Barca Athletic, but I, I do mean to like other places where I could see Luis Mi Cruz at 
He's 22 now. I could see well, maybe it's Granada or Los Palmas, Alaves, one of those clubs spending a little bit of money to bring him in if, if Sevilla can't offer him a, a regular rotation role. Next up, Alex Gordito only doesn't make the trip if Barca signs too many midfielders and hasn't loaned Pablo Torre out yet because, again, Pablo Torre would get a shot on the preseason tour. But I think Alex Gordito, he was also injured a bit last year, again, making the move from U19s. Definitely going to be a regular for Barca Athletic this season, going to be a starter, one of the more promising central midfielders into an attacking midfielder. So very much like Gabi, who we played with and, and Pedri and the like. And that's kind of where he fits in, I think, at the academy and where he's going to be in the future. Maybe not as an attacking midfielder for a t- you know the, the, the linchpin of a team or and not even a winger the way that Raquel May was on loan at Girona last year from Atletico Madrid, but very much in the central of the field and pushed farther forward a bit. But I could also, again, as a central midfielder for a team that kind of does play just a 4-3-3 with a, a center midfielder behind him with a defensive midfielder rather behind him. Lamine Yamal, I think is definitely making the trip. That's easy. Definitely making the trip. I already said, uh, talked about if I, again, I think he only makes the trip if he is less raw than it's reported that he is. And if Chadi Riyad doesn't make the trip. I know Alakan was kind of forgotten when he got injured again to close out the season. Something he can't stop doing, unfortunately, every year. He would be going, but apparently he won't be fit again until September, which is a big blow for him because I think he could have, potentially fit into that forward rotation, especially, well, and we'll talk about Vita Roca in the next question, but if he's not going to arrive until later, Alarcon could have still been on the bench for the first team, been an option. I would just hope that he can be a starter for Barca Athletic and can just be healthy and play the whole year and banging a ton of goals at that level. I mean, last year was a pretty decent year for him, all things considered, even playing with the U19s or getting on the bench and getting some minutes with the first team. And having just turned 19, I'm not yet worried about his trajectory. But what continues to be a concern for me, as it was, you can go back to my Masia updates a year or two ago, the amount of time he has missed in youth football is concerning to me for his ceiling at the top level. And then finally, there is Marc G, Parfim, and Danny Rodriguez. Barca's squad is pretty big and pretty young already. So I don't know if they're going to make the trip the way they did to Japan, because it will be a different squad. There'll be new players fighting for spots and things like that. So if I'm picking just one to go, I think it's Prem. That's, again, dependent on Barca midfield numbers. But if there is no pivot at that point in the season, at least you know at that point in the window, then I think Prem makes the trip for that reason alone. So, I mean, there is very much a circumstance where Pau Prem makes the trip, even impresses in preseason the way Nico Gonzalez does. And then he, he just goes back to Barca U19s, actually, believe it or not, because he was with just the U18s this past year. So he was able to break in a little bit there in the spring to the U19s. But I mean, I think next year he's between the U19s and Barca Athletic next spring even. So, you know, let's not go crazy about Pau Prem just yet. But I said he will make the preseason tour if there is no pivot signed at that point. And who knows when Gundogan would be done and when he would make the move and things like that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've already gone pretty long, but we got a few more questions here. Peter, how much game time do you see Vitor Roca getting next season? 
He's almost certainly not coming until January. I, I mean, I still have that in my gut. He's got 11 goals and five assists in 26 games so far this season in Brazil, which is about halfway to a little over halfway done, making a January arrival, I'd say about perfect timing-wise. Or if he doesn't get registered, I could also see him going out on loan in January for six months, maybe even back to Brazil, and then returning the following year. So I, I think that the issue for him is going to be fitting an 18-year-old center forward, even with how good Vita Roca is, into a team that is in the second half of their season next year for Barca. And you'd expect at that point, facing the bigger fixtures, elimination fixtures, that is a tough thing to do, to kind of throw him in as a forward. So I'd be more excited that the deal is done now and everything will go according to this timeline of paying for him, registering him and all that, and then actually care about what he actually does and when he plays and almost saving all that stuff for later. So I don't know. How much game time do you see Vita Roca getting next season? I would, If I said zero minutes, I'm still not worried. Because once again, at 18, getting this deal done now for a kid that is certainly going to be it. If you can send him to, I mean, who knows who'll want him, but if you send him to a team like Benfica for in January or something for the second half of their season, because who knows where they'll be at. I mean, they did make the knockout to the Champions League, I believe, last year as well, or the last two seasons. And and so, you know, that's a kind of team where he would fit. It would make sense. You bring him in. I, I know they have center forwards already, but not looking at fit. Just saying, find a club that needs a center forward in the second half of the season and, you know, send him there. And then the following season, Lewandowski will be making a ton of money, but will still be at Barcelona on the books. And he can still learn from him at that point. You know, that's when I would expect to see Vita Roca. But hey, who knows? We've seen crazier things too. Again, if they do sell Ferran Torres and Antu Fati, as I've said many times before, I don't know how they make up those kind of goals. So if one of the, or one or two or both of them are gone this summer, then maybe Vitoroka does come right away because with those two gone, you would be able to fit his salary in there and you would be able to get that deal done, especially with his contract and the amortization being spread over multiple seasons. So if you have the minutes, you have the time, Barcelona is going to need those goals. So yeah, I think then he would basically get however many minutes went to Xavi and I mean, went to Ansu Fati and Ferran Torres this season. That, that is actually what I would guess, maybe even closer to the Ferran Torres stuff. And it also depends on Dembele's health, which is always a question mark. And who knows how much... I mean, there are hundreds of minutes in, in variance for what Dembele gives you from year to year. Last two things here. I saw some hot takes about the fixture list, but I don't really care too much about it until I see the Champions League schedule. You don't know where the challenging weeks are going to come, when they will come, I should say, and how many fixtures are next to each other and how tough those fixtures are going to be and you know how much those fixtures are going to be endangered by one player or one injury to an important player like we saw last season when it really was the month of October and the first two weeks of November basically decided the entire season. Barcelona was able to get a, a, enough room in the Liga to put Real Madrid in trouble. And then at the same time, they were crashing out of the Champions League and all that happened while they had injuries to their back line. And all that happened at the same time in October and November. So it really just does come when what kind of fixtures are around those other important fixtures and who's healthy and who's injured at the time. Granada, Los Palmas, Alaves are returning. So nobody knew is coming to the first division. But interesting notes is that Mallorca and Las Palmas, uh, maybe the farthest distance between any La Liga fixture ever, with Mallorca being out on the islands to, to the east of Spain, and then Los Palmas being all the way to that southwest corner on those islands down there in the Canary Islands. So uh, quite a distance between those two, but it's still Spain. You know, I, I cover the MLS here. I don't, <laughs> there are no excuses. I don't hear it. Barca start with Hidafe on the road when, when then Cadiz at Montjuic probably before they are ready to host at Montjuic 
believe it or not. So if you're one of the fans going to that game, the, the opener at Cadiz uh, or against Cadiz at Mojuic, good luck to you. But then Villarreal and also Suna on the road, which are pretty challenging fixtures. And then match days 10 for through 12 are pretty interesting at the Athletic Club and Real Madrid at home. And then we also see that on the road. And again, that will likely coincide with some pretty big Champions League fixtures. So that is kind of the, the weeks, March match days 10 through 12, that I circle as saying, all right, let's hope everybody is healthy. And let's hope that Barcelona have signed enough players to deal with the fixture congestion at that point. Lastly, the good news is they'll be doing all that fixture congestion, especially the ones at home in their New Jersey. And finally, the New Jersey dropped earlier in the week. And I, I, I do need to see it in action before I'm totally sold on it. It looks good to me. And my first impression of it is pretty, I don't know. I'm not saying it doesn't, maybe it's going to feel like an all-time jersey by the end of it. But, you know, I've had my favorites. I've had my my, my, my not-so-favorites. And I think I maybe probably need to do a, a video on that at some point. An article is fun. Maybe it doesn't do it justice. But yeah, I might need to go and do a video to, to kind of go through my favorite ones through the years and things like that. So I actually, you know, seeing it, I feel like it was an upgrade on the 2016-17 jerseys, which I have one of. It's Iniesta, and I like it. But, you know, I thought there was, I thought it was missing something at the time. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the Navy up top on the shoulders for that one. So I feel like this is almost an improved version of that. And as for the away white jersey, that is a whole conversation and a history lesson for another show that we'll do another time. Because I think you've definitely heard enough from me at this point. So that'll wrap up edition, another edition of this show. I've got some fun scheduled for next week. Again, depending on signings, that Gundogan show might come out next week. If he signs next week, or we might have to wait a few weeks, uh, we'll have to see. So that's something to look forward to next week, as well as I have a few guests lined up, but we'll have to see. You know, Summer months get busy. People go on holiday, and then they don't DM me back. So these are the things that happen in the summer months, but I do hope you're enjoying your summertime with, with Barcelona off, but are enjoying some of the transfer window craziness and mess. I think people do really get a kick out of all that. So again, we also have some history stuff coming up on the YouTube channel. It'll also be here on the podcast feed. I don't want to do all that work and, and just, uh, you know, not wind up putting it everywhere I could possibly get it. So that will be wherever you get your content. I, I think I'm going to pump that stuff pretty hard. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the Barcelona podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, Barcelona. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.